Now joining us on Watch the Media is Michael Brunt, senior writer for Husker 24-7. I'm John Schrader, and Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, John. It's about time we've had this conversation, <laughs> this recorded uh, regular conversation about uh, what you do and and uh, how you do it and uh, your audience. And we'll get to all of those things, but give us a little bit of an idea of who you are and what you've done in this business and, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I took uh, a little bit of a circuitous path to where I am now. Um, I graduated from the University of Nebraska in 2006 and uh, moved abroad, spent a year in China um, teaching English at a university over there. Um, came back, uh, did a five and a half year stint in the Bay Area, uh, kind of working some PR jobs, some freelance sports writing, uh, some science writing, um, kind of ran the gamut there. Um, you know, before that in college, I'd kind of, I'd interned at the Omaha World Herald, uh, the Lincoln Journal Star, uh, sports editor at the Daily Nebraska for a couple of years. Um, and then was approached by 24-7 Sports in April of 2011. They were starting a site at Nebraska. So um, I was living in San Francisco at the time and, uh, or, more, I guess, more specifically the East Bay, but working in San Francisco and then uh, came back and, and started uh, what was then Huskers Illustrated. We had a partnership with them and, and now we're Husker 24-7. So we've been doing that for uh, ten, almost 10 years. So it's kind of the, the route I took a little bit different than, than maybe what uh, most, most sports writers do, I guess. So you um, brought back with you from the Bay Area an affliction, and it's called Oakland Athletics Fandom. Is that right? (laughs) Uh, I I picked it up there. Um, (laughs) Actually, you know, I I was born in Sacramento. So um, strangely enough, kind of grew up a little bit of an A's fan back during the the Bash Brothers days when they were actually, you know, winning in the playoffs. So, uh, but yeah, did did, uh, picked up the, the A's fever when I was out there and uh, stay up way too late watching West Coast baseball now. So what you're saying is you watched the Oakland Athletics and I worked on the broadcast for a couple of years and you were just a wee kid and I was a grown up <laughs> trying to talk about baseball. Is that what it is? That's, that's probably <laughs> accurate, yes. Yeah, well, that's cool. That, that's cool. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is interesting, isn't it, that you become fans and stay fans oftentimes of teams um, that you had when you were eight or nine or 10 years old, you, you kind of grow up with the fans and no matter where you go from China to Lincoln and back, you just keep that affinity. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny with the A's. It's like a labor of love, right? Like you, you get kind of attached to players and then they become Yankees or Red Sox or whomever, because that's the the way the money ball factory works, I guess. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh I don't, it's funny. I mean, the, it, I, the, as much uh, grief as Major League Baseball gets for how they promote their product, I found it's pretty easy to keep up with it wherever I am. So, well, you could be a Royals fan and and you know get a championship every thirty years and watch them lose almost all of their good players. Their great players always end up someplace else and do better. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess you, you, you hang your hat on that, that one, ch- one title every 30 years, I guess. So. 
Well, you know, it's better than one every 108 years. That's a little hard to replicate, right? That's yeah. true. To be a Cubs fan. So, Michael, let's talk a, um, a little more closely now about uh, Husker 24-7. It's owned by CBS. Um, you know, it's a big corporate operation, but you run it as a, as a, a Nebraska media site. How would you describe um, what it is? If, if, some, if you'd had to explain to somebody who just dropped out of the sky what it is, how would you do that briefly? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, a, a hyper Nebraska focused website, um, you know, with certainly, you know, a, a lot of what we cover is, uh, you know, recruiting and, and specifically football recruiting um, in Nebraska. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's definitely, a, you know, a market that we hit that is very focused on football recruiting, you know, who's the next commitment, who's the next uh, star at Nebraska. Uh, you know, what's, what's the talent level, that kind of thing. Um, th there's also, you know, the day-to-day -day daily coverage um, of the beat uh, and, and the current team, um, you know, basketball, baseball, football, um, that, that stuff doesn't stop either. So we, we do hit a, a very specific market, I think. I also think that, you know, as time has kind of passed, you've seen the – the, the percentage of fans that's aware of re recruiting and the importance of it, I, I think has expanded a little bit as time has gone on. So we, we do kind of a little bit of all of that, but it's very, you know, hyper Nebraska focused. There's a, a message board component to it too. Uh, we're plugged into the 24 seven sports um, network. So we have, um, you know, reporters pretty much covering almost every power five school in the country that, we can lean on for information, ideas, that kind of thing. We also have national writers that uh, chime in with recruiting coverage, uh, kind of the national look at you know, the SEC or Big Ten or whatever. So uh, that, that's kind of the, the best way I, I could uh, describe it to somebody that fell out of the sky. So uh, recruiting sites, oftentimes, you know, you, you need to rely on that insider access uh, to know who of course, you're following 16-year-olds on Twitter and Instagram, and you're trying to pay attention to what they're doing there. But you need some some insider access uh, to make the the thing roll. How does that balance with or reconcile with your interest and desire to do journalism, which sometimes is a is a different animal that needs different kind of access to the people who who make it happen? Yeah, it's. Um... It's interesting. It's, it's definitely a, a different animal because you're dealing with, um, you know, a situation where you've, you've got a, a kid making a, a lifetime choice, or at least that's how it's framed to them. Um, you know, with transfers nowadays, maybe it's, it's a, a one or a two year choice, but it, the, the skills I think are the same. I mean, it's, it's source development. It's the, the reporting of it, I think, um, you know, leans pretty heavily on, uh, you know, the, the journalism skills, big J journalism skills of sourcing and, you know, finding out, you know, who knows information, who has information, who has the correct information um, because recruitment is fluid. I mean, you know, one, one day, you know, uh, Clemson might be recruiting a kid and then, you know, a week later their class, fills up or that that kid is no longer being recruited. Um, so you, you kind of have to really kind of cover yourself with the reporting of, of knowing what's going on. And I, I think too, you know, 
it's made a little bit more difficult because, you know, with the way the NCAA enforces a lot of the recruiting rules, I mean, you, you have coaches kind of speaking in generalities if they speak about recruiting. Um, so you, you, for us, I, I think that's where it helps that we do have a, a network of reporters because you have somebody like me at uh, Minnesota, you have somebody like me at Wisconsin in my company, you have, somebody that covers big 10 recruiting uh, who, who's kind of dialed into all of this and kind of the movement and, and, and kind of how that shakes out. So that's one advantage that we have over, you know, a, a traditional newspaper reporter that's, you know, kind of limited and kind of who's on their team, so to speak uh, with, with re- reporting and things like that. So it, it's, it can be tough. I think when it gets closer to signing day, that's when it's even tougher. Um, you know, I remember, there was a, a kid a few years ago who was choosing between Nebraska and Arizona state went to bed thinking that he was going to choose Arizona, Arizona state, um, you know, has a, a late night conversation with a coach and the next morning commits to Nebraska. So it, it's the closer you get to signing day, the more twists and turns there are. But I, I think the, the skills that you have are, are still uh, certainly important. Does that make it then, um, you know, almost a 24 seven job. I hate to be playing on words, but I mean, really the business we're in, you're in is a 24 seven job anyway. But when it comes to that, you could get a a text at three o'clock in the morning. Oh no, uh, we got to do something about this. Is it right now? Yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean. Like when you're that, that last week leading up to um, signing day, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of guys, flipping at the last minute, um, you know, as an example, this past recruiting class, uh, you kind of saw it play out on, on TV where you know, Jaden Francois is getting ready to announce his commitment and <laughs> gets a phone call and all of a sudden goes back in the hallway for a half hour uh, to, to maybe reconsider his decision. So, I mean, that's kind of what you have to deal with. You have to know kind of what you know, what, what's going on or, or try to as well as you can. And um, that that's sometimes the, uh, you know, it's a uh, recruiting's a big business for, for coaches. Their, their, <laughs> their ability to pro- provide for their families, the pressure that they're under. I mean, it, it really is a high pressure, high stakes thing. So uh, covering it, I, I think can sometimes, uh, you know, you, you write stories in weird places. I've written commitment stories with, you know, sitting in, in base professional baseball stadiums, you know, weird stuff like that. So it it happens. Michael Bruntz is senior writer for Husker 24 seven. I'm John Schrader, and this is watch the media in the time you've been in this. Have you seen an almost increased um, evolution of the the power, responsibility, accountability of young people, and how much they use social media, and how much they can brand who they are. And I'm not talking about name, image, and license, which is the new buzz term for uh, for athletic departments getting money in the hands of athletes and not having to put it in them their, themselves. But um, have you seen this uh, over the last few years become um, so big that 16 and 17 year olds now are getting so much attention and so much uh, going on 
um, that it may be difficult for them sometimes to be like regular teenagers? Yeah, I mean, I think social media has definitely changed it. Um, you know, not only from the, you know, how it's covered point of view, but I mean, I think before, you know, you would have, fans would have a lot more difficult time communicating or interacting with with recruits. And, you know, you coaches always say, you know, leave the recruiting to the, the coaches. Don't, you know, don't tweet at recruits. But, I mean, if you watch, you know, when a kid gets a, an offer from Nebraska or Tennessee or, you know, something like that, you get a lot of immediate tweets at that kid, you know, the hashtag GBR or, you know, whatever the, the hashtag is for the school. And, and especially when, you know, a kid announces that he's getting close to a decision. Um, you know, it, it's funny, you know, when kids will sometimes commit via Twitter and they'll have like the, the Apple notes app and they'll, you know, write out a note. It, it's funny how the, they start to read the same and, and some <laughs> of the, the phrasing is the same. And there's kind of been almost an accepted way of doing that. And, you know, I, I do think, though, you know, the, the, the name, image, and likeness portion of college sports is going to be really fascinating when it plays out uh, with recruiting because already, you know, you're, you're seeing, well, what could a kid earn in college per Instagram post or per tweet? And you could almost, I think a, a recruit could do themselves a lot of favors by almost kind of building that brand as a recruit and building up their follower base because, you know, you show up on a college campus and you've got, I don't know, let's say, you know, the example of a, you know, a really highly recruited kid, top five type prospect, if you got 50,000 followers on Twitter or, uh, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram, uh, that, that's a pretty good starting point. If you, you know, want to make some money down the road as a college athlete and you're starting to see schools as they recruit kids, really points out what they can do from a name, image, and likeness point of view. Nebraska, I think, has done a really nice job of getting ahead of that with, you know, custom music for uh, Wandale Robinson. Um, you know, they, they've talked about, you know, what they're doing with um, some of the companies here in Lincoln to kind of help with those types of issues. So, you know, I, I, it, it's going to be fascinating over the next five years once they kind of go forward with this, how schools try to leverage that in the recruiting process, because it, it really is the next frontier. And I think you've seen a lot of programs with the deals that they've signed, try to, to get in the ground floor on that. Do you think Michael, it's a, a better system than actually the athletic departments paying these athletes themselves? I don't know. I mean, I think for, I, I think for the, the, the types of star players that have a big following on social media, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I, I think if you're a, you know, a walk-on long snapper from a small town in Nebraska, you're probably not going to get the same benefit out of that as, as an Adrian Martinez or Alexi Sun or, or somebody like that. But, um, you know, how it ends up getting policed um, will be a big part of it, I think. I think how um, I, I think how it kind of plays into the recruiting process will be interesting. I mean, it. I think everybody kind of initially heard, you know, paying players and, oh, it, you know, you're, you're – the, the car dealership in town that's throwing six figures at guys. And it, it, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think a lot of that is going to play out on social media right now. Michael Bruns is a senior writer for the senior writer for Husker 24 seven here in Lincoln, Nebraska, covering the Huskers. 
you spent time, you said five and a half years in the Bay Area. And um, Stanford and Cal are big in the Bay Area, but but they're not as big as the 49ers and the Warriors and the Giants. And, and how, how do you explain to your friends in the Bay Area the frenzy of uh, interest in recruiting and in the Huskers and in college football in Nebraska, where you and I know that the place of college football in the Bay Area, even in Los Angeles, where USC is huge, almost in the same conversation as the Dodgers and Lakers, almost, but not quite. When they um, win. <laughs> when they win, yeah. So how do you explain that? Can, can you explain that to them? Give me your spiel and how you explain to them what it's like around here. Yeah, it, it's, I think it's hard for them to, to get that. Um, I think you can kind of get it in the abstract, but truly understanding like how everything stops in a state um, on, on a football Saturday is really hard to kind of get that across. I had some friends that there was a, a, a Nebraska bar um, in San Francisco called Final Final. It's kind of an older uh, dive bar um, out in the Presidio. And they, that was one of that, that was the main alumni bar in San Francisco. And I, I took a friend from the Bay Area to, to watch a Nebraska game one time there. And it's just packed to the gills with Nebraska fans. It's a small place, kind of like a, it's got like a grandpa's basement feel to it. But I think that was kind of the first time that they understood like, okay, this, this is a little bit of a different animal. I mean, you, you basically have to say like, imagine if there was no pro sports, um, you know, and, and, and the only thing going on a Saturday is, is that game. I mean, it, it's, you can try, but I don't know that you can ever really get close to what it's actually like for them. I, I think taking them to that bar is probably as close as I've gotten to, to really kind of getting the, getting them to understand it. Yeah, I think when the 49ers were on top of the world between 1980 and 2000 or so, um, that might have been sort of equivalent for some people to understand where they were so much the talk of the Bay Area. The Warriors hadn't gotten good yet. The Giants hadn't won any World Series championships yet. The A's had, and the A's had, had won championships. But maybe that's uh, what's equivalent um, um, in that respect, do you think? I mean, I don't, you weren't around there when the 49ers were winning championships, so were you? No, I was there when the Giants kind of went on that run. Uh, and it was, know. you know, I, I, I think it's kind of, even then it felt like it was, it was a lot of people were jumping on that bandwagon, um, you know, when, when they kind of got rolling a little bit. So it's, I think the passion for, for the sport and for the team is, kind of tough for people to understand. I mean, it's even, even in a pro sense, I mean, it's a little bit like the, the ownership that people kind of feel with like the Green Bay Packers or something like that. And I don't even know if the 49ers were that way, certainly not when I was there. I mean, they, they might've been that way in the eighties, but you didn't have like generations of people that grew up, um, you know, 49ers or Giants fans or whatever, not, not on the level of you do at Nebraska, I think. Mm -hmm. So you, you grow up here and you go to school here while well, you in California, but you go to school here and then you go away and then you come back. How did your view of the Huskers change or evolve when you were away and then come back and look at it uh, close up again? Good question. It, I mean, it, I think it was, so the last season that I covered of Nebraska before I moved on was the 2000 five seasons so it was like middle of or right at the start of the bill callahan era um 
you know, the, the media landscape, I think, had changed um, quite a bit. The, the media horde was a little bit larger than, than it had been when I had covered it previously. Um, I kind of knew that because I had friends that were, you know, still covering Nebraska sports. So that wasn't a shock to me. But, um, you know, it, I, I followed it a, a little less closely um, being out there just because you're, you're farther away from it. But um, I don't know that the move to the Big Ten it has kind of been fascinating to kind of watch how Nebraska's found itself within that context. I, I think they're still doing that a little bit and kind of how they fit into the Big Ten, certainly with everything that's gone on recently with the, the postponement and how Nebraska's pushed back against that. But um, yeah, just the, I think the thing that, you know, coming back and, and getting back into working and covering Nebraska's athletics, the, the size of the, the, the media group, I, I think was a little bit of an adjustment coming back. Yeah. Is this market a little oversaturated with Huskers information? Well, I mean, you're in a, a market that, you know, you have, what, 12 hours probably of, of daily sports talk. Most of it's centered around the Huskers. Uh, I think when you, you tell people that in other markets, uh, that they are a little surprised by that. Um, I think certainly when you get 50 to, to 55 people um, covering a spring practice, that's, that's still pretty unique. Um, around the country I think it is more so now especially as you've kind of seen the the business of media change a little bit um you know I I think I think there's a lot of voices I think that uh I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um you know I I think having some choice and, and a little bit of difference is a good thing but I I do think uh at times there there is a little bit of uh oversaturating and oversaturation and, and maybe a tendency to to really examine things with a fine-tooth comb that maybe don't require it if that makes sense yeah and then do you have to work a little extra hard michael to separate yourself from the rest of the crowd and be a little different and when they're zigging you're zagging and you're trying to do something that six other outlets are doing maybe the radios and the tvs and and some of the print folks are doing the same thing how do you how do you make sure that you're separated from the crowd yeah i think you you have to do both i i, I think you you have to kind of do you have to kind of move with the herd a little bit and you have to, you know, as you're producing a product and, and you want people to come to your site and, and to read your stuff and, and you need to kind of have the things I think that people expect, the practice reports, the whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do think you have to, to zig a little bit. You have to get, you have to get creative. You have to, uh, you know, whether that's you know, podcasting or video stuff or, uh, you know, enterprise type features or, or whatever. I, I think it's, you know, sometimes the day-to-day challenges, it's tougher to do that stuff than maybe it used to be. Um, but I, I think it's, you have to kind of strike a balance between both. I mean, it, it I kind of reflect back on, you know, when I started covering Nebraska, it was almost like at, at that time, you know, if you were able to get in the room, that that was enough. But with the way that everything is now, I mean, you've got at, you know, anybody sitting at home can watch a baseball press conference or yeah. a football press conference and, and see everything that's going on there. So, um, you know, you, you do have to have a unique voice. You do have to look at things from unique angles and, and tackle different things that, that maybe you wouldn't have had to uh, 10 years ago. So that, that that's definitely been a big change. 
Do you get the kind of access to the people and the information and the inside stuff that you need? Um, you find that difficult or is that okay? Uh, well, I, I, you'd always like to have more, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's the correct answer. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, you, you do, I, I think you have to push back to, to get some of that access. Um, you know, I, I think that it's as that horde of, of media members has kind of expanded, I think it's been a little bit more difficult to get those things. Um, because I think from the, the point of view of, of the program or the university, the, they're in a tight spot because when you've got 50 reporters, you can't, I should say it's, it's difficult if you start, you know, allowing this to do this per this outlet to do this or that outlet to do that. I think you have to be careful with that. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, if you wanted to talk one-on-one -on -one with the player, it was pretty darn easy to do that after practice. Um, and, and if you waited long enough after practice and after guys lifted, you could do that. And uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's a little bit more difficult to get those one-on-ones that allow you to tell the types of stories that you'd maybe like to do, uh, you know, to, to kind of differentiate, differentiate yourself a little bit. I don't mean to put you on the spot, Michael, but have you ever been invited into Scott Frost's office for a one-on-one -on -one interview? Uh, I, I have not. I, I've not, uh, not gotten a call. I think you have a lot of brothers and sisters in the same boat, don't you? There's, there's probably a few of us in that boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you find that, you know, that doesn't happen because, again, I'm going to put you on the spot here, because he doesn't want it to happen or because it's just easier to manage you all if you don't do that? Uh, I, I think it's, from their point of view, I think it's tougher to, to do that. Um, because like I said, I mean, you've got probably seven or eight outlets um, that, that, you know, probably more than that, that, that cover the team daily. Um, and, and I can understand that it's, it's difficult to uh, do that. I mean, th there's been other aspects where we've gotten that kind of access though. Um, you know, where, you know, we've wanted to really have a, a, a deep sit down with the recruiting staff at Nebraska and how they go about their work. Um, we've gotten to do that. Um, you know, the same with uh, some assistant coaches, um, you know, so it's, it's not unheard of. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes you kind of have to, to pick your battles. And I understand where that's, you have to be careful with, with how you kind of met that access out. But it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's when, I think when Bill Moose started here, it was one of those things where he kind of had like blocks of, of time where he was like, you got your 15 minutes here and then you go over here and you got your 15 minutes and that that's kind of the uh, the challenge of the market, I guess, and kind of how you decide to do that. Yeah, it is kind of funny, isn't it? The, it's, a, it's not a, a massive market in terms of the media size, but it's a it's a, a massive um, um, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a cha It's intense and, and it's a challenge. Um, so is this thing again? Last last on the spot question: um, Is this thing going to get turned around quickly? Everybody in Nebraska thinks this is going to be a a, a, a championship um, contending team one day is that going to be sooner than later I, I, I think it's I think you still kind of have to take the long view with it I mean as hard as that is to do in in, in college athletic athletics this, these days I mean you've got a, a head coach that has a a seven-year contract you've got a, a two-year contract extension um, last season so the runway's long I think 
there were a lot of challenges that they kind of had to take on when they came on. I mean, it, I, I kind of liken it to, it's like when you buy a house and you can kind of see what's there and then you kind of start getting into the walls a little bit and, and you start finding things that, that need fixing um, maybe more than you thought. And I think that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, but you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see the, the level of patience from fans. I, I think, I think fans are willing to be patient, but I, I think you kind of need to, to start moving it forward a little bit. Um, you know, that this year is going to be fascinating. Um, and, and I don't know that you, I think it's going to be tough to read too much into yeah. the season for anybody. I mean, that's just not Nebraska, yeah, um, I agree. given yeah. the challenges that they have, but, um, yeah, I, I think you need to start kind of start to see that pro, that progress moving forward. Well, you'll be there to chronicle it all for us, right? I will be there. I will be there through it all. It's going to be uh, what are we thirty six days out. It's going to be a fascinating season. Yeah, are they going to allow you in the press box? I don't know. It, it's uh, talking to some of my colleagues at other schools. They've kind of approached it very differently. Where. Like Tennessee, they've got a, a 50% capacity in their press box. Um, I know at Texas, they're uh, making outlets choose one person for that outlet, and that's who gets to cover it. I think they're going to be pretty uh, – lots of Zoom time. I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty hands-off um, from that point of view. So, I mean, even if, you're, even if you are covering a game in person, I don't think you're going to be uh, asking questions in person. Yeah, and you're going to be um... – yelling observations to your friends uh, several seats away in the press box if you're lucky enough to be in it right masked masked nope. of course yeah no whispering to each other about what's going on in the game which you do now right we all know that yes hey michael thank you very much i appreciate it happy to do it john Thanks i, for I enjoyed me. it michael brunts is senior writer for husker 24 7. i'm john schrader and this is watch the media